This week on Erotic Awakening, Advanced Submission, Dr. Bob and Too Many Patrons. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. The Erotic Awakening podcast, as well as workshops by Dan and Don, are offered free of charge to our community. Because of the expenses involved, we're grateful to those that support us through Patreon and donations. Awesome people like Lady Stacy, Yomer, Gerald, <laughs> Sabina, Megan, and Kimyata. And wow, that is a lot of people. Really appreciate it, everybody. That is a lot of people. Um, I know that uh, part of it's probably because we just did that um, Let's Chat moment yesterday so mm-hmm. which we do once a month with our our patrons so and that one was on loving power exchange i love that let's chat and um mm-hmm. oh, if people are out it. there like oh it sounds great but i can't afford it uh we it's, it's a dollar a month right but what it is is it ends up creating this we are creating this, our own little community and we see people like wild kitten and peachy and tara who join Mm-hmm. Uh, and Keith, hey, Keith skipped last time. Keith never skips. Oh, Keith never skips. I've he's been liking the okay. Facebook all right, post. Uh, that he's means still he's around. okay. But he's it's still just around. Neat, but it's yeah. neat to have, to have the same people. You know, are mm-hmm. starting to join and we're starting to build that community sort of thing. It's very cool. Very oh, neat yeah. situation. Yeah, um, with the list. So with the classes that we do, um, that we have scheduled through the month, we present. We sit here. We um, do our workshop. We tell our stories, we present, and then we do questions and answers at the end, right? There's really not a lot of interaction. Mm -hmm. But with the chat, it's all interaction. Oh, I don't know. We're so chatty. We still talk. Yes, we still talk. We we, we interact more. It's yes. more interactive. We interact more. We We share stories instead of making sure we hit everything on an outline. Exactly. So also, uh, patron Ember. I don't know how Ember's name didn't show up oh, on our list. Maybe we got I'm her not last sure. time. Sure, could be. So, but it's yeah, very embarrassing. Ember. We've known her forever. Anyway, enough of that spitter spatter. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about. Uh, later in the podcast, we have a great interview with Doctor Bob mm-hmm. uh, on his new his and, and Goddess Indigo's God, new yeah. book, Safe, Sexy, and Consensual. Which actually, when you read that, you raved. I really raved about that book. So um, whether you are brand, I mean, especially if you are brand new, that is a fantastic book of um, how to connect to people, what to expect in a dungeon, how to behave in a dungeon. I mean, it's just got all kinds of stuff in there. And um, if you are more experienced like I am, I Mm -hmm. still picked up on a couple of things. And I loved some of the stuff that he talked about that you don't here mentioned too much anymore so great stuff good i agree and it was a great interview and they're great people anyway yes um but the thing that we're going to talk about you and i are going to talk about today is now you know i hate it when you have 900 things that you're going to announce so that I we're about to do out. yeah but oddly enough i'm going to reverse on you and say okay. tell me what you personally are going to be teaching coming up. I see you have a couple classes that you'll be teaching. I do. So um, this is my opportunity to um, Zoom. I mean, doing it online, this is my opportunity to get some more of my classes out there. Mm -hmm. You and I travel to events, and we like to do classes together, right? When we have the space, we like to do classes together. I do some things solo, but, you know... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, a lot of that. But um, I'm really um, in the mood to get some of this this out there for everybody. So what I've got lined up is um, 
mindfulness of a slave. Mm -hmm. I always do that at the beginning of um, my substance service intensive that we didn't get to do last year and not looking like we're going to be able to do it this year. But regardless, um, mindfulness of a slave. Mm -hmm. Behind the curtain, this see, I was supposed to teach this one at last year's substance service and didn't get to do it. So I created it just for that. It's called Behind the Curtain, Creating Formal Events. Mm -hmm. So though it's coming from the voice of a lowercase letter, me, who has organized and created a lot of high protocol teas and um, dinners and things like that. Anybody can really join. This, this is leading into a topic, guys. Hang tight. Okay, yeah. So um, this one, I mean, uppercase letters sometimes want a hand in the organizing of it, and they need to know everything that's going on too. So mm -hmm. it's open to anybody. Um, and then... The I, third one is a result of, during our chat, you said, hey, maybe I should teach this thing. Mm -hmm. And you got a couple of head nods. I got some some head nods. So um, this one is how survivors can thrive in an MS relationship. So power exchange relationship, authority transfer, whatever you want to call it. So um, and it's basically based on where I used to be a victim, became a survivor, and um, over time became a thriver. And a lot of that was from our power exchange relationship. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I want to share that. I want to share that story. It actually took me a long time to write that, remember? So I can remember going Absolutely. to events back in the early 2000s thinking, oh, my God, I need to do this workshop, and then testing it out on a local small group and getting triggered and realizing I wasn't ready and then working, working, working until I was ready to do it. The, so all that leads to our topic of the day. Yes. In that, in adding to that one more little bit is that what happens on March 3rd of this mm. year, 2021? March 3rd of this year is our 20th collaring anniversary. So you and I have been together for 20 years. And lately, we have been hanging out with a small group of people, virtually, of course, mm -hmm. that also have significant amount of time in the lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, some of them, of them less than us, some of them more than us. Yeah. One of them is, what, 35 years? Yeah. I think. So, so what is it? What are, what is the difference for you as this seasoned veteran of power exchange now? A, I mean, isn't, isn't at some point... In your power exchange journey, aren't you going to graduate from being a submissive and become a dame? Oh, no. So, um, I know old guard leather, you know, old, older they say. leather, they say. Well, we know um, Tina. So, she started out at, in leather, started out as a submissive and, quote, graduated to be a dame. Um, that was the, the path that people took. But there was also people that stayed slave and and they were actually considered to be very brave i think is the word that i've heard used very strong very brave very courageous mm -hmm. anyway so am i going to graduate to be an adame after 20 years i don't think that's going to happen and i really hate saying things with finality because the universe likes to sure. slap me upside the head with a two by four but at this point, what it looks like is no. I'm I am slave. I, I'm whatever terminology you want to use. That's that's who I am. So what is it? What is the challenges or the the differences in being a submissive who's got a lot of time under their belt, or is it just everything's easy and automatic now? 
It's see, man, I hate to say that to you because you will th- <laughs> you will make something challenging for me. But I've done a lot of work to get to where um, I don't question when you tell me to kneel. I don't question when you tell me to do things for the most part. Um, sometimes it can be a little challenging, but for the most part, you know, I, I can obey and then ask questions, right? So is that one of the advantages then is that you've gone, you've got this level of instinctiveness yet now? Mm, I think so. I, I, I think that has a lot to do with it now. It's uh, more, oh God, I hate this word. It's more of a mature relationship okay. now instead of a lot of stress. Because yeah, but, but I don't want to focus on the, the relationship part, but, okay. uh, but more, and I know it's hard when it's we talk about hard. a power exchange to yeah. separate it, but for you... Is there, are there any challenges left for you? Is there anything from a power exchange perspective, either that I tell you or interacting with the community at 20 years in that you find challenging? Oh, yeah. And I still get nervous. So, um, I mean, if you said I had to go do something for somebody else, I'm going to be nervous, mm-hmm. right? There are still challenges that you can give me that would make me nervous. And I don't know that it's the same butterflies that I used to get because at the beginning, I didn't have the experience behind me telling me that I could do it even if I had the butterflies, right? Right. So at the beginning, I get the butterflies and I'm like, I'm just going to fail. I'm just going to fail. Look how nervous I am. I'm just going to fail. I don't know how to do this. What am I trying to do? You know, whatever. And now I can get the butterflies and go, okay, just breathe through it. I've done this before, or I haven't done this before, but I will be okay on the other side. So I'm either going to be able to do it or not going to be able to do it. Take the punishment if needed, you know, and go from there. So I I think that just comes from experience. Do you think that part of... And I know the answer to this one because I'm going to tell you what the answer is. (laughs) Good, because I surprise you sometimes. (laughs) Do you think that part of having this time under your belt and this experience and success, right? We can't say that you haven't been successful. Um, Is the does that bear? Does that bring a responsibility if somebody says, "I'm looking for a mentor," that you have to step up? Yeah, I think it does. So um, I wish I could have found mentors when I was just starting out, right? But a lot of people that had figured out how to do it were hidden at that point, mm-hmm. right? They, they had had enough with community and, and they kind of um, went into hiding. So I can't do that. You know, part, part of my story is, now that doesn't mean I, I can't be picky. I don't have to mentor everyone. Sure. But I still feel like I have to be out there for someone. Yeah. You know, my, my story and, and some of the crap that I went through before us, right, that there has to be a reason for it. I mean, there doesn't have to be a reason for it, but I need for there to be a reason for it. And mentoring is how I do that. I'm going to um, correct your answer now. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, you are. I, although I agree with your answer, a key part that you are missing mm-hmm. from that is that the value of mentoring is not just to the other person. We, because we're getting long in the tooth and been doing it for a while, forget basic skills, forget basic struggles. And that is the value part of, you know, when you mentor someone, it is not just about you. Right, it is a two-way street, and you both should 
gain and value from that. True. And um, I, I absolutely agree with that. And But something you said was that we forget some of the challenges at the beginning, I mm-hmm. think is how you just yeah. worded that. I find that to be really true. If I, if I have someone ask me, you know, so how did you deal with this at the beginning? I really have to sit and think because things have changed so sure. much that I'm like, all right, did that scare me? Because it doesn't scare me now. Did that? And I really, and part of that is because I see life as like a ratchet Right. And sometimes when you solve something, Mm -hmm. you ratchet forward. Right. But you can't ratchet back. So I feel like my memory of emotions on some of that stuff, because I've made it forward, it's hard to remember some of the original. But I try. So. No, I I totally get that. Uh, I I equate that to, as as podcast listeners that have been around for a long time may be aware, I used to be quite the junkie. And uh, I went from being a junkie to a recovering addict, and I did the 12-step program and, you know, went to meetings and all that stuff. And after a long time, um, I found another path, and it was no longer valuable. But the valuable part to me, every once in a while, I will stick my nose into a meeting just to hear that person who's got five days clean Mm -hmm. and sober saying, I don't even fucking know if I can make it another hour, and I'm scared, because that's what I've forgotten. So the same thing when when I'm... um, mentoring a new dominant, the value of saying, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Should I do this or that? And having, you know, part of me saying, well, geez, it's obvious you go this way and go, wait a minute. How the fuck would I know it's obvious to go that way? Oh, right. right because I went the other way and I ran into a wall. <laughs> right. Fire hot. Right. That's my new saying now. Fire, Fire hot. hot. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, same when, when um, submissives are asking me, so, you know, how, how, do you, how do you do this? How do you do that? I'm like, oh, well, it comes with experience. It comes with trust. They're like, well, I don't have the trust or experience yet. You know, I don't have mm-hmm. the experience to develop the trust yet. So how do I know? And I'm like, some of the stuff you're just not going to know. But keep in mind, you know, it is absolutely possible. I, I, I know people that succeed at this. So from our experience, you know, I can tell you that it's going to be okay, mm-hmm. you know, or, or something like that. Right. What do you do? So let's talk. I'm going to talk. And I know this is not going to be correct exactly, but we're going to go through your day to day a little bit. Okay. You got up early with me because we had to get caught up on finances. I got up early with you because we were supposed to do finances last night and you were playing a game with your best friend. You were playing a video game and that's how you two keep in touch. And instead of me going, honey, should we do finances? Honey, should we do finances? Or something nagging like that. I just sat back. Knew we needed to do finances, so I got up early this morning so we could do it before you went to work. I don't know how to take that. Are you, you... Am I enabling? I, I don't know if you're enabling <laughs> me enabling or you're pointing game? out that you let me stay up late. No. No, I see it as a service. I'm going to go back to what I was talking about, and that'll be where we start then. Yes, sir. So last night we started with, uh, we were supposed to do something responsible instead I played a video game. I will mm-hmm. note for our audience members, what were you doing while I was playing a video game? <laughs> also playing a video game Thank by very myself. <laughs> we got up this morning. We did finances. Then, and I know this is incorrect, but roll with it. Yes, I'm sir. sure I'm going to miss some little bits. 
you got up, you go downstairs, you fed the cat. Actually, you fed the dog because the cat was upset about that. Yeah. Um, you started working on your to-do list. You made, you went to the CVS at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, probably took some stuff to the mailbox for uh, people that bought Kickstarter cards or something. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get me ice cream? I did get you ice okay. cream. Um, you came back. What else did you get me from CVS that was not on the list? Uh, that was not on the list. What else did I get you? I got you something. Oh, a peanut butter a, cookie. A peanut butter cookie and a new face mask. Oh, and a new face and mask. It, and it was neat. It's colorful and it's very you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then you went back to work on your to-do list and you made me lunch and you mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And then... You printed out show notes for the podcast. Oh, and I made some kick-ass pork chops. And you made a wonderful dinner. And you made and you printed out the show notes, and here we are podcasting. Mm-hmm. So the only reason I would talk about all that, of that stuff, right, what percentage of the time is that? does that feel like service to me versus, or does it feel like service to the relationship? Or is it like when I go to job, it's just, when I go to work, it's just, yeah, it's just what you do. You know, I don't think it's, ever just what I do you know what I mean it's got something to do with service to you and service to the relationship and service to the uh, thing it is that we do right Mm -hmm. so I'm always um on our social media and and you know checking to make sure nobody's written us and all that type of stuff but that still feels like a service to us thing Mm -hmm. the meals the getting you a face mask getting your ice cream making sure your cat has cat food things like that that's all service to you (laughs) Uh, i'm gonna call bullshit on that last one the The, cat food the cat bites your ass when you don't feed it that's about you she bit me because of the dog food being out how crazy is that i think she bit you because um, she's a bitch but but anyway i think about her because i think about you it all relates so, and, no, I get it. Just, I get it. You know, after after this many years, it is still a little hard for me to do for me. I try to remember to recharge. And even when I think about recharging for me, yes. it's still in service to you and us. I, I kind of relate to that. So for our podcast listeners who don't, we didn't tell this story yet. Maybe we did. One of the things we recognized at the end of last year was that when we let go of all our responsibilities and just go away and focus on ourselves for a little bit, it's not selfish. Mm -hmm. It's not, um, well, it's not selfish, but it is a recharge. It is an opportunity to bring your energy back up so you can go back to mentoring other people, you know, doing for others, which is kind of what our gig is. We dig doing for others, right? And it's still like, I, I can relate with that part anyway. It is hard to let go of all the responsibilities, especially this upcoming recharge that I have, which is in two weeks, I am going away by myself. Yeah. And forgetting about you as well as everything else and just focusing on myself. That's going to be, it's really challenging. But we've gotten to a point where you can trust I'm going to be okay. Absolutely. At the beginning, it was very hard because I'm like, oh no, it's going to be an invisible leash and I don't know where you are, you know, Mm -hmm. know, things like that. And and it would be really hard for me because I I like living in our power exchange. So it was hard when you went off and did things on your own or vice versa. And not so much anymore. I've got a lot more experience, a lot more faith, a lot more just 
experience, I guess. Yep. But this recharge for me is hard because I was going to do a salt float last week for a recharge. That was going to be a one-hour recharge. And we got snow, so I had to cancel it. Um, was going to go out with the boyfriend for the next couple of days as in a cabin down in Hocking Hills. <laughs> we are currently getting sleet and supposed to have some sort of um, Armageddon blizzard or something in the next couple of hours. So that's going to get snowed out. But I still have a reservation for a cabin by myself next week. So hopefully all this weather will go mm-hmm. away and I'll get my recharge. So um, I might take the dog with me. So I'm not there totally by myself. I don't do well totally by myself out in the woods. So I might take the dog. Uh, she will love that. She will love that. You're not taking the dog, are you? You're no. okay. With, <laughs> <laughs> you're okay with, <laughs> with not having company. Uh, I would take the dog. I could see taking the dog. Dogs. The dog's yeah. cool. We totally, like dog. totally up to you. My cabin is is um, pet friendly. So she just doesn't get to go in the hot tub with me. So there you go. That's what <laughs> advanced submission looks like, doing a bunch of stuff. Oh, and being more secure in it. I, so um, in general, one of the things that we track, and I, I'm ready to move on from this topic, but one of the things that we track is satisfaction. How satisfied we are do. you that you lived, you know, how you lived each day? Mm-hmm. We end the day by saying, how satisfied were you with this is the way I spent the day? If I spent it all on 100% on... Uh, erotic awakening podcast stuff and books and all that, or if I spend a hundred percent of it on playing video games or some mix in the middle, how satisfied are you with being a submissive with twenty years under your belt and and where you are with that? Where, how would I rate that right now? Yeah, um, a five. That's that's the highest level. That's the there highest. Is. Oh all yeah, right. between one and five. So and then part of me hates doing it as a five because there's always room for improvement. Sure. So maybe a four point eight. <laughs> um, because we're thinking of um, trying a new ritual. You know what I would like soon. to do? So yes, You know sir. what I would like to have? What's that? When you bring dinner out, instead of carrying it with two hands, carry it on your head while you belly swash like a belly dancer into the room. I used to be able to belly dance. That's well, how I used to keep from spilling coffee now you've got, with my hip moves. Now you've got a, a new but now advanced But now I need to goal. make three servings. Three? Because I need to keep one in the kitchen for when it falls off my head. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not tired of listening to us talk, then you can talk with us. We have a live podcast coming up on February 21st. We do, and we absolutely love the live podcast. So we will keep an eye on the chat window when when you guys log in and keep a lookout for the questions. If you wanted to find out when we have live podcasts and all those classes and other stuff... Or you just want to get your EA shout out, then you can be a new subscriber to the newsletter. Like so many people, and we are so totally international this time. Awesome. We have Kathy in California, Randy in Illinois, Mario in El Paso, Kathy in Missouri. Thank you. I knew when I typed that. <laughs> <laughs> Guy in Columbus, so local. Uh, Garcia from Montreal, Canada. Alex from London. Samantha from Pennsylvania. Autumn from Norway. Jeanette from Texas slash Alaska. Uh Uh-huh. And Nicole from Missouri. Jeanette, if I was you in this weather, I would be on the Texas side of the slash instead of the Alaska. Austin, Texas just got a lot of snow, too. They just called a state of emergency. Head over to (laughs) eroticawakening.com and get your (laughs) EA shout-out. Just sign up for the occasional newsletter. 
to get the latest podcast news, plus get discounts on books and more. And as many classes as I'm adding right now, I've actually put out a couple of newsletters in the last month, which is unheard of. But How fucking I, fun is that, that we've got Norway, we've got London, we've yeah. got Canada, and right all the way through to Columbus, Our right here door. where we live. Yeah, so awesome, awesome. Uh, one of the things that we don't know anything about is TikTok. I tried. Um, I actually put it on my phone, and oh, I got a little addicted to watching some of the videos, so I took it off of my phone. <laughs> but then... We started selling erotic or Kickstarter cards. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? We usually get, you know, so many a month that, that, that people will buy. But now all of a sudden it's like one after the other after the other. And I go to the post office and I'm getting dings that more orders are coming in. It's like, woohoo. But what's going on? So I threw it out there on FetLife. I'm like, okay, people, maybe it's because it's a couple of days before Valentine's Day. Which would have made sense. Which would have made sense. And, you know, people are getting cards for for their Valentine's sweeties. I had to do a couple of local deliveries to, to people that wanted cards for Valentine's Day. And someone said, oh, no, don't you don't you pay attention to TikTok? Your cards are on TikTok. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean my cards are on TikTok? Our cards, sorry. And um, they sent me a link. Yep. And it was fabulous. If you happen to follow the Play Party podcast, then you can follow their TikTok and you could see what they were saying about uh, Kickstarter cards. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So she actually talked about them and showed them, and that was really cool. And then um, somebody, Gavin, in Scotland saw the TikTok and ordered a deck of cards. And I got someone from England that wants me to send them a deck. Very cool. So I thought Gavin found us through Etsy. Did, but because of TikTok. Oh, okay. So when she first put out the TikTok, the, um, our website wasn't as noticeable as cool. later. So he found me on Etsy. Okay. And then finally, our good friend, you've got their name there. Does that mean I can say their name? Oh, I, sure. Our good friend Andy from nearby sent some beautiful tentacle drawings. So she's she finds the art. So Dawn, earlier today we were speak, teaching a class on central BDSM, and you had a look in your eye like you had just learned some new stuff about safe and sexy and consensual styles of play. And lucky for us, we have the authors of Safe, Sexy, and Consensual. Creating Magic in the Dungeon. We have Dr. Bob and Goddess Indigo on the podcast tonight. Thanks for being on the podcast, guys. So glad to be here. Thank you so much for having us on. So it's fabulous. And it's it's really cool. I was just telling you guys uh, before we started recording that um, as we were explaining something in our class, there was a term in your book that I wanted to use because I think it's something that people will understand because of the way that you labeled it, that... Um, I, I may be borrowing, but I, I do make sure to tell people where I get the term from. So, um, and that is invisible collar. So, oh, yeah. yeah, so so we'll, we'll make sure to mention that um, in a little bit. I'll make sure to bring it up again. But um, this is a great book. I mean, I sometimes I'll start reading one and then just kind of, you know, I, I'm kind of jaded. I've been doing this for 20 years and um, and just kind of glance through it. But this one I actually read. This has got some really good detail in it. So what made you guys decide to write something like this? And I'm going to back up. Let's back up just a step because okay. I didn't get to read you this didn't book. didn't get to read it yet. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about the book to start with. Okay, that'll work. Okay, um, I can do that part. And then Boy can tell you, um, can at least start 
about um, why we wrote the book. Okay. So um, <laughs> Safe, Sexy and Consensual was, is about finding a way to create repeatable success in the dungeon where you have connection, where you create the kind of scene that you want with more of a team mentality rather than I'm just going to lay this at your feet and you're just going to make it happen and you're going to read my mind and it's going to be amazing because, because I don't know, just because. <laughs> <laughs> so rather than that, we, we thought if we could just come up with a formula uh, for where you can have repeatable, measurable success, that would be incredible. So that that's really what the book is about. I believe, Boy Believes, that most of us want connection in our play, in our daily lives. And finding the things that create bridges between us can really make things more memorable and more impactful and make you feel valued, seen, acknowledged, heard. That's just kind of our, our jam. So this is about doing that through play. Nice. So, and then why did you write it? <laughs> well, this started some time ago. Um, uh, my former uh, uh, owner, Jen, whom you know, mm -hmm. um, we were together for seven and a half years, and she had an almost idyllic uh, memory, uh, almost total recall. She, as she aged, she lost some of that. And one day, she, uh, I was doing some writing, and uh, we were talking, and she said, well, you know, there's something in Guy Baldwin's book, Ties That Bind, that relates to what you're saying right now. And I said, really? She says, yeah, and she ran, went to the bookshelf and got it and thumbed through it and just absolutely magically came upon this phrase that said, um, uh, you get to transcendence to, a, to an exceptional experience uh, in BDSM scening by combining um, uh, SM, uh, stressing the body through sadomasochism and stressing the mind through DS. Uh, and when you play these correctly, you can drop the bottom into subspace and the top will go into the flow into top space. Uh, however, there are consequences to this because you're now in a semi-trance state. And he went on to describe that a little bit, um, at which point um, the lights all went on in my head. I, for the first time, could put together why one would do scening. And more importantly, it put together all of the single messages that one receives when you're starting out. Don't talk near somebody's scene. Don't interrupt the scene. Uh, do aftercare. Check in later. But I had, uh, you, once you start, it's like st when you learn to drive a car, you remember to do all four or five things when you're starting. But two years, 10 years into starting a car, you don't do any of that anymore because it's automatic. However, uh, in the, translating this back to uh, SM scening, you forget some of the basics. You forget that the scene started when you first raised the idea with your, with your play partner. And you forget the idea that if you're not a permanent partner with this person, you need to follow up if for no other reason in this day and age, but to stay ahead of, the, of any rumor mongering uh, or uh, challenges of um, uh, consent violation that may have arisen that you didn't realize. So 
once I realized that, that all of this could be packaged, I started preparing it for a course that was called um, uh, The Anatomy of a Scene. And I did that course for an, a number of years. And then when Master entered, um, uh, and I entered the, the world together in October of 17, we came up with the idea of writing a book. And I, and I said, well, I've got one that is, I can pull this material together. It's going to be a bitch because I, uh, I don't have all of the details written out in my presentation notes that we can do this. And Master had been a pro-dom for over seven years. So all of a sudden I had somebody with a huge amount of information that I didn't have, right. who was extremely lucid and a marvelous writer and lots of fun to be with. So back to you. <laughs> so when he came to me with this idea, um, he first he wanted me to do flesh out some books he'd already written. And I had some hesitancy to that because I, I don't want my name on something that I haven't actually put enough effort into to be able to sleep at night and look at myself in the mirror with any uh, modicum of respect. <laughs> so um, I had some hesitancy in, in changing the material of his already uh, printed books, but the idea of writing one with him about something that I was particularly passionate about made, made an immense amount of sense to me. So we began that project and I, I was a pro for about seven years. Uh, I stopped um, 12, 13 years ago. But my, the one thing that I, uh, there two things that I was known for, one was no one ever stood me up. <laughs> I never had a no-show in the seven, seven and a half years that I was a pro. And the second was no one ever left. When they became my client, they, stayed. I, to this day, I have clients who, who are no longer my clients and have not been in over a decade. They're still in constant contact with me. Um, building the kind of rapport as almost instant, instantaneously was something that I was able to do. And it was about figuring out that formula. Mm -hmm. So we, we put our heads together we took his um, notes, his workshop notes, and added the steps that he didn't have, which was the way I approached every scene. And combining those things together with his business background and my psychology background created uh, something that I'm particularly proud of. Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. I mean, this someone can pick this up, and whether they're experienced or not, it starts from the beginning right? How to negotiate, what questions you should be asking, how to keep, um, here's typical first-time discussion topics, right? How to keep oops from happening. But if an <laughs> oops does happen, what do you do about it, right? Lots of talk in here about consent, about how to do your best not to be a consent violator, right? You talk about the endorphins and the adrenaline. And um, one of the things that I totally appreciate, not everybody agrees with, but I totally appreciate is the whole idea of not renegotiating mid-scene because you are under endorphins and adrenaline and under the influence, basically, and you shouldn't be renegotiating. All that should be done ahead of time, you know, from peer space. 
So, it, I mean, this has just got st- uh, everything. And then I like the, I know, I'm so excited about it because <laughs> I'm just- so excited she can't actually ask a question about it. Let me tell you about this great book I found. <laughs> exactly. So, about the, about the idea of not negotiating after the scene starts, there's so many different ways of looking at that. One is many times one person is unclothed and incredibly physically vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That is not the time to start renegotiating what you're going to do next, or if you can go further than what was already discussed. That, that, make, that, that adds a layer of complexity in, in an already alternative lifestyle where, you know, when, if something goes wrong, they're going, so you let someone tie you up and you decided to be naked and you decided to do blankety blank, but then you decided this one thing that was not an, was was too much. I mean, it's just it's just it's just opens up with what I consider to be a can of worms. So on either side, I think that it's really necessary to maintain the integrity of what you've set for, foremost, because you can always, you know, there, there, there's always later, there's always the next day, next week, next month, but in that moment, in the heat of the moment, sometimes we we make decisions that uh, aren't in our best interest because of other circumstance. And, and we, we, we strongly advise not doing that. So make it absolutely. Um, another key element uh, that I'd like to bring, I'd like to mention ahead of time is uh, concerns aligning your intentions, aligning uh, the purpose for the scene. So it's hard to get to a transcendent special scene when the top thinks he's having a practice session and the bottom thinks she, that they are going into subspace or where the uh, top uh, is being asked by the bottom to do a, an aspect of a skill that the top really doesn't have. So it's a, a matter of aligning your will and playing within your skill set. So exactly. And then, um, so how important, I don't even know that some people coming into, of course, we got COVID we're messing with right now. And um, we're actually meeting people that are just now finding kink with no place to go, right? Right. So things are going to open. People are going to be in sub frenzy. People are going to be in play frenzy. How important do you find vetting people to be? That's true. (laughs) (laughs) once again the idea of uh, there's there's inherent dangers in in just meeting people randomly anyway but then when you're allowing things like blindfolds gags ties uh being tied up etc into your scene uh it becomes paramount to make sure that the person that you are entrusting with yourself, and that's on either side, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. is safe. I think that vetting is exceptionally important for I- anything from a uh, scene to a, a lifetime commitment. Absolutely. Well, boy, do you have anything to add to that? Um, I, yes, it's sort of, sort of cute. Um, one of the uh, master's main um, functions in our relationship is to pre-clear anyone that I spend any time with. 
So as master owns my time, if I want to uh, even, if I want to develop a project with somebody, um, she needs to know about that and authorize it. So every so often we, I, I do have uh, people that seem to throw themselves at me and I throw master in their way. <laughs> nice. So, yes, uh, yes. Uh, I, I, yeah. I get to play the filter in, in those situations and, and I will do the vetting. Absolutely. Boy is exceptionally precious to me and where he spends his time matters. We're, we're very, very poly. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it, but, um, protecting him and keeping him safe is very, very important. I, I, you know, we started off, Don mentioned this term, invisible collar. I know, I just wrote it down. And I've been waiting too. to hear about, <laughs> tell us more about this invisible collar. Okay, that's actually Jen, uh, my former master. Oh uh, boy, I was uh, going to interject with a joke. It's the collar you can wear to work. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's not actually true. Go ahead, boy. Hmm, I hadn't heard that. That's cute. Yes. Um, so she, uh, I, that came up, she developed this. She came, the, in a comment about how, when you just meet somebody that's spectacular and you really wish you could establish a relationship with them, but it's almost a casual meeting and you keep thinking about them for days later, but you don't even know them. And that was, so it came, the term came about in a non- scene setting. And then we began thinking about uh, uh, bottoms, uh, particularly new bottoms who are playing with an experienced capable top. And this can be really hard on a new bottom because the new bottom may never have been turned on sexually uh, the way this particular top is able to handle them. And going the the the, uh, the bottom is thinking, my God, this is the top. This this person is made for me. They, I've never had this kind of connection in my life. Uh, but the and the top is saying, well, that was a lovely play session. Thanks very much, and doesn't think much about it. And the bottom is feeling devastated that they are being rejected for some reason, and they don't understand what's happened and. This causes uh, all kinds of uh, challenges within our community that you guys are certainly familiar with. I'll add on here, I, I, and I'm gonna flesh this out a little bit more. Um, I believe that it, regardless of our experience or time in this scene in our community, that there's something about being able to put things on display that we are either A, have been ashamed of in the past, be that will be a rejection if other people knew, you know, for whatever reason. And we find these people who not only accept these things that are considered a little out of the ordinary, but, but are thrilled, excited, want to be a part of it. And, and it makes you feel as if you've just been seen and accepted for the first time whenever this happens. And that sense of they see me and not only are they okay with me, they think this is fantastic, mm -hmm. can create uh, this sense of belonging that can be magnified in ways that the other person isn't feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. And it can make you feel as if it's love, it's in, uh, the most intense, the most incredible relationship experience of your life. And 
that may or may not be true for the other person. Yeah. And then they, they leave that scene thinking they have found the one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. That's very true. So the title of the book is Safe, Sexy, and Consensual, Creating Magic in the Dungeon. So you talk a lot about creating the scenes and vetting and stuff like that. So how do you get from that to creating magic in the dungeon? Well, we do talk about bunnies and top hats in the book. (laughs) 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 Um, So once you're in alignment about what the expectations are for all parties involved, then it's about creating an experience that's, that's going to be, and this is actually really important, um, that, that's going to be uh, fulfilling for all parties as well. Once you've got that into place, then you have something that, then you have something you can build upon. And it's really about setting the scene, creating, if, it, if it's something that involves submission, getting that quickly gathering that control and allowing that submission in the beginning. Boy, you want to add to that? Yes, a little bit. Um, so what we're, you're, you're focusing on what made the magic. And what made the magic was that you uh, had a, a, a bottom that trusted the top, that the top is really skilled. Uh, I mean, the definition of being in the zone, in flow, is uh, expert knowledge being applied under uh, uh, under optimal conditions, so you have so it starts by saying expert knowledge. So if you're starting out in BDSM and you uh, and you're still trying to figure out which whip you're going to use and where you're going to or which flogger and where you're going to hit them, you're you you aren't, you aren't getting there. You're not there. Uh, and uh, this you also have to realize that if you in fact are heading for a transcendent scene, it does really start with. Uh, the suggestion for play tonight, even if with an established partner. So I certainly, with my baby girl, uh, if we're going to have a scene later in the evening, I'll start at teasing and playing to prepare for the pre-scene scene where we go through a little r- routine. So what I the 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 revelation for me was that these elements are necessary ingredients. So if you're going to have an unusual, a transcendent, unusual experience, it takes some work, as do relationships. Um, so flow, flow, uh, oh, I'd like to say flow is a term by um, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. And the book is The Theory of Optimal Experience. Cool. You have to write that down. I am. <laughs> so one more question for you, if you don't mind. If... There was one thing you wanted people to take away from this book. What would it be? Become competent, <laughs> widely trained, because these tools, these are tools, not toys, and you're working with somebody, you're not playing with somebody. So I prefer to think of this in the leather terminology. So you have to be widely enough trained and competent in using these tools in order to combine the different tools uh, in order to specifically direct the bottom to your vision of what's going to happen during the scene. So we mentioned it in the book um, and uh, I I thought it was a very nice turn of phrase. 
And that's the idea that the, that the toys, the tools need to become an extension of your will and no longer just an implement to inflict upon another person. And when you do that, you can create a language. You don't have to be good at everything, but be good enough, competent enough that you can use it to communicate your intent and create the, the well, it's, we're creating universes when we do this. And so that it's 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 a way to create that universe. Very cool. We've specifically written that book so that really advanced players can skim through it and say, "Got it, good to go." And people that are just starting out can work themselves through it and say, "This is where I need to go." Yeah. So that is what I get from that as well. Well, as I said at the beginning of this, uh, that Don was enthusiastically reading this book. Uh, as you can imagine, we end up reading a lot of books. And it's <laughs> great to see her uh, when we're when I'm like trying to watch TV or something. Shush, I'm trying to read this book. That's un- I like that turn. Of- I, actually, I like that about her. Uh, Dr. Bob and Goddess Indigo, thank you very much for being on the podcast tonight. Uh, we are looking forward to seeing that book and many others. Um, I did not mention because I didn't know if people would find it as funny as I do. But this is what I was going to say. So, Dr. Bob, you've already written the highlight book of your life. or Well, the highlight of your writing career surely had to be the forward to Living MS that you did for us about 10 years ago. <laughs> so why do you still bother after that? That would have been my joke for the day. Thanks for being on the podcast tonight, guys. Support the podcast. Head over to eroticawakening.com. Check out the newsletter. Sign up for Patreon. Review the podcast. Do See stuff like that. <laughs> Head over to Amazon. Buy Dr. Bob and Goddess Indigo's new book. Bye, Dan. Bye, Don. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, that was fun. That was fun.